When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Homonym, nothing personal, word of the day for October 28th. Today is Thursday, the 28th of October, three days away from Halloween 2021. And the word of the day is homonym. Homonym means a word that is spelled the same but has different meanings. Right and right, mean, mean, and mean. The homonym of the day is freed and fried means two different things. Freed is spelled F-R-I-E-D. Fried is F-R-I-E-D. Max Freed was the starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves last night, the ace of the staff, and he is fried. I picked the Braves to win the World Series game two. Picked them to win the entire World Series, but I thought they would win game two because of their brilliant move to start Charlie Morton in game one, but instead... They won game one. He broke his fibula, which was the word of the day yesterday. Max Fried is ready to win a second game. Bats are going to stay hot. They're going to go back to Atlanta up 2 nothing. Max Fried, best pitcher in the National League since the All-Star break, had a terrible start against the Dodgers in the League Championship Series. But that was a one-off, I said. And it turns out that Fried is fried. And I knew, have you ever been watching a game your picked team, your favorite team, whether you bet on the team or whether it's just your favorite team, and you're watching and you see it unfold in front of you in slow motion because you realize you're on the wrong side and you realize that you made a big mistake and there's nothing you can do, and you look at your pitcher, at your favorite pitcher of your favorite team, and you're wondering, my God, is he hanging curveballs. My God, no one is swinging and missing. And I'm looking at the manager, Brian Snitker, who's watching Max Fried pitch, thinking to himself, oh, God, we got a problem. And there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to eat it. And sometimes you just have to eat it, even during the World Series. So Max Fried gives up a run in the first inning. He gets a run back when his catcher, Travis Darno out of nowhere, hits a home run, another Mets reject, who's now in the World Series. Sorry, Coca and Scott. And he gets the tie game. And then Freed gives up four runs in the second inning. I don't know if you were watching last night, but it was a crisp game. I was very pleased. Three hours and 11 minutes. And it was an identical game. The the backup word of the day was going to be mirror. Because game one and game two of the World Series were the same, except different. Different team won, but it was the same game. Early lead for the Braves in game one early lead for the Astros in game two, and that's how the game went. The level of drama was de minimis. The level of excitement was lacking. And at the end of the day, here's where we are. The mentality 
of a team in a World Series or a League Championship Series when you are on the road for the first two games and then you get to go home for three straight games and then you go on the road for a game six and a game seven. So you do not have the home field advantage. You are giving up that. You have to win a game on the road, assuming you can sweep it home, which you can't do, but you have to win a game on the road. And you go in and you say, all right, we got to win one of the first two. But what a difference when you win game one and lose game two versus losing game one and winning game two. The difference is so interesting to me because as a consequentialist, which you know I am, it should be the same. You get on the plane back to your home city and you're tied at one. That's good. It's what you wanted. We got what we came for. But the difference when you lose game two to get get what you came for is that you have the feeling that you lost an opportunity. And the opportunity, of course, was to go up two to nothing. It was so important in 2003 when we went to Yankee Stadium and won game one, just like the Braves did, going into Minute Maid and winning game one, and then lost game two, which we did, just like the Braves did last night. It's so important to make sure that your players and that your staff and your manager, that everyone understands that we're good because it feels like crap when you get into the clubhouse at the end of game two that you've lost. You're getting on a plane back home and you're thinking about, God, we needed to be up to nothing. Even though 24 hours earlier, well, it'd be 28 hours earlier, which is the minute before first pitch of game one, all you're saying is, please, can we just get a game so we don't go home down two to nothing? I don't want to have to sweep just to be up 3-2. I want the chance to win the World Series at home if we can win three in a row in our home park. So the level of despondency in a clubhouse after you lose a World Series game is quite large, actually, because you feel as though not just opportunity lost, but, oh, God, we're never going to win again. The mentality when you are in running a sports team is very strange. When you win, you're never going to lose again. When you lose, you're never going to win again. And when you have a long season to think about it, it's no problem because while you're worried that you're never going to win again or you're excited that you're never going to lose again, you realize there's 100 games in front of you and you know somewhere in the back of your head that it's not actually going to happen, but you think it could happen. And so you're excited that it may happen. And then when it doesn't happen, you're okay with it. But in a seven-game series, you do not have that luxury. You don't have the luxury of time. A very unfortunate expression. Small detour on the luxury of time. (laughs) Having the luxury of time is something that people say who either aren't busy or they have no sense of urgency. And I'm the opposite. I've had a sense of urgency since I was a little boy. I always wanted to get more done in a shorter period of time. I wanted to maximize every hour of every day, which has led to my lack of sleeping, of course. But it's such an interesting thing, the concept of wasting time or wasting opportunities. The definition means that you can't get it back. It's a one-and-done situation. It's not like when you've got four at-bats to get one hit and you need one hit to keep your hitting streak done, to keep your hitting streak alive, and then you don't get a hit in your first at-bat and you say, well, you know, I still have three more. A wasted opportunity, it doesn't come back again. The Atlanta Braves will never have a chance to be up 2 nothing again because the series is tied at 1. So where do I think this ends? This ends with a plane ride. <laughs> They're back in Atlanta right now. They got into their own beds. 
They're going to work out today on the off day. Go take batting practice. Go get ready. It may be optional. This was always a discussion we had within the front office and with the manager when you're in the middle of a series on an off day. What do you do on that off day? Do you give the players time off because they're tired? Do you make them come in and stretch and do batting practice and do infield practice? We would often come out with the conclusion that we were going to make it optional. And that was funny when we would do that because we would say it's optional. You can hit if you want, but then we'd call the players and say, hey, you got to come in. So it really wouldn't be optional because players are creatures of routine and we want them not to lose that routine even though it is an off day in the series. Now, Houston has the decision last night, having tied the series at one and getting all excited the way Dusty Baker was at the end during that press conference when he talked about how resilient the team was. Those are the key words that you say when you lost game one at home, that you're desperate, you have to win game two at home just to tie the series. Then you do tie the series, and then you get to say, hey, our guys showed some grit. Our guys had their backs against the wall. As many metaphors as you can come up with to explain away the fact that you lost home field advantage. The World Series is now a five-game series. It's like the Divisional Series. I always like saying that when a seven-game series is tied at one. It's now a best three out of five. It's not a four out of seven anymore because the first two games don't matter. Three games in Atlanta, two games in Houston. The first team to win three games is going to get a ring. Hard stop, period. I think we said Braves in seven, didn't we? Still could be that. So I did choose the Astros to win. No, I'm just kidding. Wouldn't it be great if you could change who you picked after the game? 139 and 126. Do you think it's a coincidence that there's no game tonight in baseball and that there's no game on Monday? I'm just curious whether or not you think that that's planned by Major League Baseball and the network when they do the schedule for the World Series, which starts on a Tuesday. Games are Tuesday, Wednesday, take off Thursday, play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, take off Monday, and then play Tuesday, Wednesday for game six and seven. Coincidence? I think not. It's all about the RJs, baby. It's all about the ratings juggernaut that is the NFL. Now, ratings may not mean as much anymore to people. Yet, when we would play a World Series game and you are an owner of a team or you are the commissioner, you are waiting with bated breath for the overnights. You want to see how many people are watching your games. Game one of the World Series got an overnight of around 10 million, which to give you perspective, about 23 million people watched the Cowboys-Patriots play a regular season NFL game this season. So baseball is not thrilled, but of course they write a press release. Do we have a press release, Andy, of the ratings press release that the leagues do and that the network does? So what you'll read when you read any article, if you Google ratings for the World Series, what you will see is, the headline, because it's a good click headline, is how disappointing ratings are. Lowest ever, hot, terrible, second lowest since 2015, whatever it is. But networks release these ratings, and they have to do it with the positive spin. So they hire a PR person, and they say, the top rated show in prime time on the network since blank. The most viewers for a Thursday night since blank, but it was Wednesday, for a Wednesday night since blank. 
the number one show in the coveted 18 to 35 category. Isn't that depressing when you get out of that category? I remember being in the 18 to 35 category and thinking, yeah, you want me to watch your game. You want me to watch your show. Now I'm in the needs a walker category. <laughs> Not exactly sought after by anybody. So you spin it as well as you can when you're the network. So take a look for Fox. They're going to spin last night's game too. Two nights in a row for the first time winning primetime Foxes since America's Got Game or whatever game show they put on. All right. Oh, I got to tell you why they don't play on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, they don't want to go up against the NFL. They're okay to go up Sunday night against the Sunday night game. There's nothing they can do. But they're not going to go up against the Monday night game. They don't want to go up against the Thursday night game. And in baseball, 2-3-2, two, two, you have an off day between the 2 and the 3. You have an off day between the 5 and the 6. So you might as well make the off days the days that there are football games. That's why I got confused with the 03 World Series, thinking that we started on a Tuesday, when back then we started on a Sunday. So we'd play Saturday, Sunday, then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then Saturday, Sunday, never playing Monday. I can't remember the last time a World Series game would ever go against Monday Night Football, because back in the day, that was the only non-Sunday game. That's before the Thursday night package. So that's why there's no game tonight. But there is an NFL game. So we've got the Packers getting six and a half from the Cardinals. The Cardinals are undefeated. The Packers have only lost once. Aaron Rodgers wants to teach Kyler Murray a thing or two. I can't believe they're getting six and a half points. That seems too rich for my green blood. Packers plus six and a half. Okay. We had a very interesting question asked. Give me some music, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. That's when you get on Twitter at David P. Samson. That's D-A-V-I-D-P, as in Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P. S-A-M-S-O-N, David P. Sampson, get on Twitter. There's a little envelope that is a, a sort of symbol. If you hit it, you can text with me. It's called direct message. That sort of, isn't texting direct messaging by definition? They just wanted to come up with a different word. Like you're texting one person, and then when you respond, you're texting that person again. Well, that's what you can do on Twitter, direct message, and ask me a question. I'll try to get to it during the show. I'll try to answer it on DM back to you. Often I can't get to it, but I try. There's a lot of you, and I appreciate that. I really do. So does Coca. I appreciate it as much as Coca does. Can you please explain how the Cleveland Indians would not have dealt with this prior to the announcement? I got to give you some background, right? What, what? That's a great question. I wanted to talk about it, but what are we talking about? The Cleveland Indians are a baseball team that doesn't want to be named the Cleveland Indians anymore. Because unlike Atlanta, they do not have a Native American community. I spoke to Rob Manford about this, and he said the Native American community in Ohio is not interested in the name Indians the way the Native American community in Georgia is okay with the chop. So the Dolan's owner of the Cleveland Indians said, hey, we better do what the Washington Redskins did. We better get rid of the name. We're going to ask everybody. We're going to do our research. We're going to have focus groups. We're going to figure out with fan involvement what we should change our name to. And then we're going to make a huge announcement. And the announcement is 
Dun, 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 dun. We covered this on Nothing Personal, and I laughed so hard. We are now going to be known as the Cleveland Guardians. Now, when you look at the logo for the Cleveland Guardians and the Cleveland Indians, it's the Cleveland Indians. They just put gar instead of in. Gar. Grr. The font looks the same. Everything looks the same. Because it ends with Deans. Indians. Guardians. What's the process? MLB has an entire group of employees. They're lawyers. They wear their dress shirts and their blazer and they go to work every day and they get on their computer and they get involved with something called patents and trademarks. Every team has a list of their trademarks. If you look at the different uniforms, look at the different hats that that teams have, there is a list and it comes with photos. It is what licensed apparel companies use to make the stuff that you buy. You know how the NBA has 75 uniforms for every team? Like they have a different uniform for every game and that you can't tell who's at home, who's on the road anymore in the NBA. You literally cannot figure it out because teams on the road are wearing their white uniforms. Teams at home have alternate black and blue and red and orange all over. Green, blue, indigo, violet. But there is a book that would have every single uniform that a team has. It has been cleared, meaning the team and the league own that copyright of that font, of that jersey, and it can be used to make apparel, it can be used to make shot glasses, it can be used to make any of the things that you can buy on the Google that has your team's logo. And MLB will announce from time to time, we've done a deal with John's Coffee company where you can buy a coffee maker that has your favorite team's logo on it. Well, the coffee maker gets a PDF or a, a, a GIF or a JDQ or a JPEG or whatever the word is, and they get it sent to them. They have the logo of the team. They have the right to use the logo of the team, which you pay for. You know, that's why it's called a licensed apparel company or a licensed company because you are licensing the right from the owner of the trademark to use that trademark to make something. So there's an entire group of people in MLB. Their sole job is to make sure that the trademarks that are owned by the teams are protected. So they send letters to people. We saw you selling a Yankee shirt right on the Grand Concourse and you do not pay a license fee, cease and desist. That's the old cease and desist letter, if you've never heard that. That's a letter that someone sends to someone else saying, please stop, I don't wanna have to sue you and spend money, so just read my letter that says, cease and desist from all commercial activity regarding the trademark we own, but then, if you don't, I'm gonna come after you, but please do, because I don't wanna spend the money, because then I have to go to court, and I have to prove to a judge that there will be people confused by what they see, I'll have to prove that you're selling it without a license, and boy, does it put the A in annoying. So they protect the trademark, but they also do something called clearing the trademark. Clearing the trademark is when you get a marketing company or a logo company to design something And it is something 
that you want to use. And you want to use it to make money. And you have to make sure that you're allowed to use it. So you have to file a application with the nation. This is done on a national basis. It's uh, If you go to Washington, D.C., there's a whole building for it. I can't remember what it's called. Is it is it called the Patent and Trademark Commission? Whatever it's called, there's an organization. And you have to show them what you're trying to use, what it looks like, and what you're going to use it for. And then they do a bunch of searches. And then they get back to you and say, no, you can't use that. Yes, you can use that. When the Marlins came up with their new logo, we had to get it cleared. It was that M rainbow logo that you don't see anymore because Jeter got rid of it. And it's not like he uses it as an old school logo. He just got rid of it. Am I bitter? No, I love the logo. People loved it. Those M hats, the rainbow hats, boy, did they sell. So what we did is we had all these different trademarks that we cleared when we changed our name on November 11th, 2011 from the Florida Marlins to the Miami Marlins. And we had an M with a Marlin on top. We had an M without a Marlin. We had home uniforms, road uniforms. We had different script, Marlins, Miami, colors, everything. Submitted all. And it came back and said, you have a problem with a company in, was it Gainesville or Pensacola? You have a problem with a fishing company in Pensacola that uses the word Marlins and uses that M. The M that also looks like Maroon 5, if you go back and look, but Maroon 5 was not an issue. No one was ever going to confuse Maroon 5 with the Miami Marlins. So that was not a problem because one of the thresholds, the legal thresholds, is will the consumer be confused buying something thinking it's for a different company or that it means a different thing when in fact it's supposed to mean that you like the Marlins? Does it mean that you like Adam Levine and you want to jump on stage and snuggle him? For those of you who like Maroon 5, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't, GTS or move along. So I actually had to go to Pensacola and convince the owner of this company that we could use this M because we had to use it and we were getting ready to launch and we had to do a deal with him. We invited him to opening day. We told him that we wouldn't sell just the the Marlin because the Marlin was too similar to his Marlin. Whatever the case is, we made a deal, we signed it, and then that's all you need. An agreement in place if there's anything that comes back that could lead to confusion. So in theory, the Cleveland Guardians, the Cleveland Indians, the Dolans, and MLB got the Cleveland Guardians cleared and they were ready to roll. They do a press conference, everyone's all excited, and wouldn't you know it, in Cleveland, there's something called the Cleveland Guardians Roller Derby Team, who happens to own the web domain Guardians and all the social accounts, Twitter and Facebook and and Hitch and Tinder and all the other ones. And the Cleveland Indians and MLB said, eh, we're good. We'll get that domain name because that's not a legal issue. Someone owns it and they pay GoDaddy.com or whatever they pay to own the domain. You can buy it from them. That's There's people who buy domain names and then try to sell them because they're trying to guess what the new team name will be or they try to guess what a company's going to need when it rebrands because then you think you're going to get paid. As, as I recall, someone owned Marlins.com and 
or we have Marlins.com, but someone had maybe Miami Marlins.com and it didn't matter because we weren't going to pay. They wanted a couple hundred thousand dollars and we were an absolute no because our view was we'll just do Marlins.com. I believe, Coco, what is the, um, for us, I think, us, it's not us, I think it's www.marlins.com is the website for the Miami Marlins. Not MiamiMarlins.com because we wanted MiamiMarlins.com, but it was taken. That is my sort of recollection from 10 years ago, but I don't have it in my head exactly. I don't think. So the Cleveland Indians now face a lawsuit, a federal lawsuit that the roller derby team is filing against the Indians. And what they're saying is you are not allowed to be the Cleveland Guardians. Not that you can't use a certain mark or a certain uniform or a certain font. Not that we're not going to give you the domain name so you have to come up with www.cgs. Can't be CGS. Oh, no, that's CGI. It could be CGS. It could be CGT. It could be CG.com. But you want something that's easy for people to type in because you want them to find your website, not have to go through MLB.com. So what you do is when you feel as though someone's using your mark, you go to court and say, stop in the name of money. How is it possible that MLB and the Indians ownership did not deal with this prior to the announcement? It's not impossible. It was dealt with and it was dismissed. You have to realize that when you are a major league team and you are a major league owner, you do not view a roller derby team as anything that will possibly get in your way other than a little gnat on the ass of a buffalo as you're going 80 miles an hour on the highway in Idaho. You sort of see it, but then it's gone in a flash. MLB and the Indians were aware of the Guardians roller derby team. They knew it, and they did not care. And the reason they did not care is their baseball and roller derby's roller derby, and the roller derby team only has 10 fans. And the Indians said, hey, we've got millions of fans. Not going to be an issue. Nobody's going to confuse the Major League Baseball team, the Guardians, with a roller derby team called the Guardians. The roller derby team may play in front of 22 people. The Indians play in front of 26 people. Totally different. I promise you it was hubris and it was bullying. And the reason why it was both is that MLB does not accept the possibility that anything will get in their way. So how does this end? Coca and I were preparing for the show. And we thought that uh, it could end with the Guardians having to change their name. That's what Coca thought. Baseball doesn't lose suits like this. They're not going to be the Cleveland Spiders or the Cleveland football team or the Cleveland baseball team because all of the equipment for the Guardians is made. The manufacturers are making the uniforms right now and the jerseys and the hats and the helmets. The logos are all done. They're going to walk into court and say the damage that will be done by not being allowed to use the Cleveland Guardians for the 2022 football season is so significant and the likelihood of anyone misunderstanding that we are a baseball team is so de minimis that the Cleveland Guardians roller derby team has no case here. We are going to get this case thrown out. 
The Derby Club did a release saying, we have the common law trademark rights for the Guardians dating back to 2013. The trademark rights, common law. That's the old common law marriage, right? We're not really married, but we've been together so long that if you leave me, I'm going to want half your crap. We have a common law recognition. Not really written anywhere in the laws. You can't find it, but let me tell you, it's a common law right. It's commonly known. Makes me laugh. All right, we're going to take a break. You're going to listen to some commercials. We're going to review a movie. And then we're going to talk about what happened in hockey last night because there's a follow-up to the Blackhawk story. We'll be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David Sampson. Thank you for making it through that gauntlet of CBS-led commercials and drops and promotions. Please download, rate, review, tell your friends about Nothing Personal. So I did a uh, a interview yesterday, Coca. I can't remember who it was with, and that is true. I'm not just playing games. I don't remember. And I was introduced as the host of the award-nominated podcast, Nothing Personal. That is true, except I quickly said, I don't want to be an award nominee. I want to be an award winner. There is no pleasure in being nominated. There's no pleasure in winning the pennant if you don't get the ring. The only people who like winning the pennant are those people who lose the ring and then pretend they like the pennant. Tell your friends about nothing personal. Spread the word. We watch a movie every day. When I review a movie and then you write to me saying, hey, you got to watch this or this or that, I'm going to pay attention. I keep a list on my electronic device of what I want to watch, what I've been told to watch. Won't be able to get to all of them in my lifetime. But I do thank you. Keep it up. So on Levitard One Week, we talked about Sam Rockwell, who is one of my favorite actors. And I think I may have done a top five Rockwell movies, Sam Rockwell movies. And it was suggested to me that I watch a couple. And I think I reviewed one of them with you. But I watched the second one called Snow Angels. I don't know how I missed this because I love, love Kate Beckinsdale from Serendipity with John Cusack. I mean, love that movie. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, who doesn't? And Sam Rockwell, okay, Coca, just wipe it then. If you're that angry that I say Beckinsdale and it's Beckinsale, just wipe it. 20, 40, 69. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. We watch a movie every day. 
We watched Snow Angels yesterday. Snow Angels stars one of my favorite actresses. Her name is Kate Beckinsale, and she stars along with Sam Rockwell. It is a movie about a divorced couple. Sam and Kate are married, and they've got a child. And it is the story of this little girl and the story of another young man in another small town with Olivia Thurby, Griffin Dunn, who you may remember from Who's That Girl? And Olivia Thurby, you may remember as the friend from the Kevin Hart, Josh Gad movie. What's the name of that Kevin Hart, Josh Gad movie? Wedding Ringer. I don't want to spoil Snow Angels except to say when I was told that it's a top five performance by Sam Rockwell, I was hesitant to believe the people who had said it. And it wasn't just one of you who got into my DMs at David P. Samson. It was a lot of you. It doesn't make my top five, but it makes my, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't see this back in 2007. I must have been so wrapped up in running a losing baseball team that I didn't see it in the theaters and there were no streaming services. Snow Angels, check it out if you're a Sam Rockwell fan. He's really, really good. And the movie itself, it's NB. Okay, two days in a row we're going to talk about hockey because... Something happened last night that I wouldn't expect to happen. I really wouldn't. We told you about what happened with the Blackhawks in 2010. Go back and listen to the show if you missed yesterday's show. It was one of the big stories of the day. And the sexual assault that happened between an assistant coach, whether he's a video coach, doesn't matter. He's an assistant coach. He's a person of authority. Sexual harassing and assaulting a player. And the player was named as John Doe in the investigation. And that player came out publicly, identified himself. He's currently playing hockey in Germany. Incredibly emotional and sad. The interview that that player gave with a Canadian broadcast company. I think it was on TSN. But one of the focuses that I was thinking about yesterday is the Panthers the undefeated Florida Panthers in hockey. They're 7-0-0. Best record in hockey. They have 14 out of 14 points. You get two points when you win a game in hockey. Leading the NHL. And their coach, they've they've been trying to win for years in Florida. They've been trying to get a foothold in Florida, trying to get fans to go to their stadium, their arena in Broward, trying to figure it out under a new owner named Vinny Viola and a great president named Matt Caldwell, trying to figure out how to get more fans, raise more revenue, and finally get back to the Stanley Cup for the first time since 1996, which was one of their early years, maybe even their first year, with the rats that were thrown on the ice with their goaltender, John Van Beesbrook, who former New York Ranger, who I used to watch as well. And they hired a coach who had Stanley Cup experience, had hoisted the cup himself in 2010 with the Chicago Blackhawks. And when that hire was made, everyone was super excited His name is spelled Queenville, but it's pronounced Kenville, I think. And everything was coming up roses for the Panthers. Then this happens with the Blackhawks. The investigation happens. And the investigation says, and it is corroborated in the investigation, that the coach of the Blackhawks at the time was made aware of this problem in his locker room and said, and I'm not quoting, something to the effect of, hey, We have a cup to win. We have games to win. Don't bother me with this sexual assault crap. Come on. We got a cup. 
That's a problem. So the Panthers have to figure out how to deal with the problem. You need PR people to help you deal with these issues because owners and presidents are often not equipped to do it. And you have to deal with it forward-facing. You can't hide from it. can't run from it. Just think back to the Mets dealing with Carlos Beltran, right, during the sign-stealing scandal. We told you yesterday that we thought that the Panthers coach was going to be forced to resign or let go. That may have even been the way to see yesterday, Coca. So the Panthers played a game last night, and their coach coached in the game. People were furious. Why are we letting a coach coach or a manager manage when there's a possibility that he's going to be in trouble when he's being investigated by the National Hockey League? The reason why we do that, of course, is that at the end of the day, we're far more interested in winning games than, the, than we are in anything else. We don't want to be impacted by something we didn't do, something that was not, we're not responsible for. We're the Panthers. We're not the Blackhawks. So the first decision that they made was we're going to let the coach coach. While the investigation's going on, the investigation into the coach, there are two employees who used to work for the Blackhawks in 2010 who are now working for other teams. There's someone, I think, in uh, working for the Jets. That's the hockey team. But are the Winnipeg Jets still a team? All right, I'm having a senior moment. But working for another team, it's not the Hartford Whalers but it's working for another team. And then this coach, Kenville, for the Panthers. And Gary Bettman said, we're going to investigate. And I know where that has to lead. And the Panthers know where that has to lead. After the game last night, the Panthers made a decision that they would not make the coach available to meet the media, which is something the coach has to do after every game. Managers, coaches, you meet the media. It is the Winnipeg Jets general manager. Thank you, Coke. I knew I read that. There's not one employee working for the Blackhawks who worked for them in 2010. There were several of them who still working for the Blackhawks, and they've all resigned after this investigation saw the light of day. Two of the employees have moved on to other teams, one the GM of the Winnipeg Jets, one the coach of the Panthers. You can't make your coach unavailable. You have got to face this. You look like a coward. You look like you're hiding something. Are you hiding something? You're damn right he's hiding something. He's hiding the fact that he couldn't care less about any sort of sexual assaults or anything that would get in the way of his team winning back in 2010. He was not prepared to meet the media because he didn't have a PR person to talk to to figure out or a lawyer to talk to to figure out what to say, so he chose to say nothing. Makes the Panthers look terrible. I had to bring it up, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is that so many of us in our lives, when bad things happen, the first thing that we think of is that let's just avoid it. In, in law, it's called the head in the sand defense. And that is not a defense to anything. You can't pretend something's not happening by not looking at it. Kids do that, right? They turn their back. So they say, oh, I don't see you. It's not bedtime. I don't see you, mommy. 
It's not allowed. <sighs> that worked me up terribly. You know what else worked me up yesterday? Not enough to yell or scream. It just made me laugh. All of you Mets fans out there, are you upset? Are you nervous about whether or not you're going to get a president of baseball operations? Every day, there's a new article written that says the following. Mr. John Doe has withdrawn his name from consideration for the Mets president of baseball operations. Mr. John Doe has not been given the right to interview for the president of baseball operations. Every day. Billy Bean, I don't want the job. Theo Epstein, no thank you. David Stearns, you're not allowed to interview. You're running the Brewers. Yesterday, there was word that Matt Arnold, who is the GM of the Milwaukee Brewers, working under David Stearns, was going to be offered the head of the president of baseball operations for the Mets, and the Brewers said, nope, we're not giving you permission. So Matt Arnold said, I'm not interested. I'm withdrawing. People are withdrawing from the Mets' job search faster than the Paris Climate Accord under the last president. That's how fast it's happening. So let me explain to you why you're reading what you read because there's a lot of confusion out there with some of the talking heads who have not actually run a team. Here's how permission works in Major League Baseball. It's actually very, very simple. When there is an employee working for another team who is under contract with that team, you have to officially send a letter seeking permission to speak to that employee about an opening within your organization. In that letter, you have to say, I would like, it's like a Mad Libs. There are fill in the blanks. I am calling to seek permission to speak to blank. Put the name in. He is currently the blank. You put his current title in with the blank. You put the team in that he works or she or they. We are interviewing for the position of blank, new title, with the blank, new team. I kindly await your response. And the rule is that if your blank is not a higher title than their blank, then there is no permission that needs to be given by the team that has the employee. So what you have is something called title inflation. Title inflation is where you make up a title that sounds bigger than the title that the employee currently has. The employee is the general manager. We're now going to have him be the president of baseball operations. Your employee is the vice president of baseball operations. We're now going to have him be the president of baseball operations. Your employee is the president of baseball operations. We're now going to have him be the chief baseball officer. Your employee is the chief executive officer. We're now going to have him be the chairman. Your employee is the manager of ticket sales. We're going to now ask him to be the director of ticket sales. It has to be a bigger, higher title. When you get as a team what you're, that you are being requested, you have the right, but not the obligation. You're not obliged to say yes, even if it is an increase in title. If you do not give permission to your employee to interview for a promotion, and your employee is a minority, you're gonna get a call from the commissioner who's gonna say, hey, 
you got to let this person go. If it's not a minority, you're not going to get a call from the commissioner. That's a little known fact. But what we used to do is inflate titles, and other teams are doing it too. But then we said, you know what? We're going to go one better. We don't want to even bother getting those letters. We are going to sign you to a contract. And in that contract that you're going to sign, we're going to give you a five-year deal. And you're going to get paid a lot of money. But in that contract, it's going to have the following provision. And if it's a contractual provision that we sign and you sign, that's it. When asked for permission, we are going to say no. You will not be granted permission to work for another team. In return for that, you are getting this five-year deal. Are you good? And people generally sign that because they want security. They want the ability to raise their kids in the same city for as long as possible. Because in the baseball world, you're nomadic. In the sports front office world, you are nomadic. You've got to be willing to live anywhere. And believe me, it's a pain in the neck to pick up and move. You've got kids. you got to switch schools. Not every city has the best school system like Denver does. And so when you can have continuity, that is something that all executives crave. So as a president, we would take advantage of that, knowing that our employees wanted that, knowing how rare it was. We would know how old the kids are of the employees, and we'd say, hey, we're going to get your middle kid all the way through high school. Just sign this five-year deal. But if you sign it, don't think you're leaving. You're not leaving. We need you. The Brewers very well may have a contract with Matt Arnold that says, hey, no permission needs to be granted. That's how it works. So the Mets are trying to figure out what to do. And Steve Cohn has said, I'm going to take this from you, Sandy Alderson. I'm in charge. I'm the captain now. Of course he's the captain now. Why is he the captain? He's the owner. He's hiring the president of baseball operations and absolutely failing at it because everybody he talks to doesn't want the job or doesn't have permission to take the job. So word came out yesterday that Steve Cohn was using the former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, who happens to be one of the board members, board of directors of his team, of the Mets team, sort of a celebrity. And he's been talking to other people in his other business. He's a venture capitalist, Steve Cohn is. And he's talking to people, other guys who are venture capitalists, trying to come up with names. It's so funny to me. It would be like me sitting down with a general manager and saying, hey, um, let's work on this. We have to pour concrete to build the stadium. So let's figure out what the ingredients are to make the concrete that we're going to pour to make the seating bowl. Yeah, I know we're good at running a baseball team. That means we're good at pouring concrete. When you're good at venture capital or good at being a governor, arguably, it doesn't mean that you can identify candidates and figure out who should be your president of baseball operations. It's laughable. It's literally laughable. Good luck to the Mets. Today we're going to see who they interviewed. We're going to see who turned them down. And we're going to see whether or not the Mets can find a way in year two of the three to five year World Series plan to get it done. Will they? Will they not? Stay tuned to a future show of Nothing Personal. But that's all I got for you today. God, that was fast. Thank you for the 45 minutes. Remember, it's just business.
This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.